0: Welcome to the FAMTIME Podcast, where we discuss family time, family worship, and many other topics related to home discipleship. We hope to encourage and equip you in your parenting journey. Here are your hosts, Frank Trimble, Jenna Halleck, and Stacey Ludwig. Today, we are very excited to have Lori Wildenberg with us. Welcome. Welcome
1: thanks Frank thanks for having me I'm excited to be here
0: well and it's such a it's such a pleasure to be able to talk to somebody that's uh, on the front line serving in ministry in our area I mean you you don't live that far from where we're recording right now
1: that's true so yeah I'm just so glad to be here and to be in person talking with you that's especially fun
0: oh uh, we love it and you know we love talking with people on zoom calls and these different <laughs> things and zoom is one of those things where it's kind of a I don't want to say necessary evil, because that sounds bad, but I know we're a little tired maybe of all the technology, but praise God for it. But man, it's so nice to be able to just meet in person. So
1: Absolutely. Thanks
0: for taking time out this morning. You know, I want us to start with just you telling us about what you do for a moment. Tell us, tell us about what God has called you to do. What ministry has he called you to do?
1: Uh, the ministry he's called me to is family ministry, like, like you guys, right? Um, with just maybe a little different twist, a little more focusing on, um, day-to-day to to, -to day-to-day parenting and connecting relationally with your kids and then also with the Lord. And, um, you know, we, anywhere from talking about, uh, training or discipline techniques all the way to what do you do if your child's experiencing anxiety or depression, or what do you do if you've raised your child in the way they should go and they went the other way. They
0: departed from it. So,
1: yeah. So connection in all relationships, connections that last a lifetime. That's, that's my passion to help families build connections that last a lifetime.
0: Oh, and you know, we've heard stories as we go to churches and we go to mops groups and we go to different conferences and different things, and we talk to parents and grandparents, and we hear that story all the time. It could be a parent of a grown child that's now uh, wants nothing to do with the Lord or anything like that, and they they come to me and they come to, or they come to one of our representatives and they say you know, what about this Proverbs 22, 6 piece where, and I I thought I did it all, you know, quote unquote, the right way. It's like, I know it's like a formula. It's a rip off. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I got the wrong end of the deal. And so I love that you mentioned that, but I also love that you mentioned this idea of heart connections, this idea of, which is a term that I didn't come up with myself, but it's a a mentor of mine talks about quite Mm -hmm. a bit. Just the, the fact that God cares about the heart connection between parents and kids. Basically, the relationship, and this should be obvious, but sometimes it's lost on us, the relationship between parents and children and grandparents and children is so important if we want to talk about home discipleship, if we want to talk about talking about Jesus in the home. I mean, so I love that you're focusing your ministry, like what you're doing allows for even a concept like ours to even take place. Mm. So the idea of um, you know, this idea of parents actually spending time with their kids mm-hmm. or eating a meal with their kids. Or one of our favorite things at family time is just the encouragement to have fun as a family, as opposed to feeling like it has to be very rigid, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, it does. I think, um, boy, we've really stressed our kids out, mm. you know, with all of the schedules and the routines and Yeah. We need to carve out time for fun. We need to carve out time where we're just not doing anything, Mm -hmm. you know, to have that margin and to teach our kids how important that margin is. And within that margin, perhaps quiet time could be developed. Mm -hmm. Um, Creative ways to use your time can also be developed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, our kids are experiencing so much stress today oh, yes. with with the schedules and the expectations that they have to be the best in all areas of academia they have mm. to be the best in all areas of athleticism they have to be the best in all areas of the arts and no right you know or appearance even we we've gotten it all mixed up mm. and our relationship with one another and our relationship with the Lord, those are the critical pieces. Mm. The other things, let's just see what God does with various um, areas where there are natural talents and abilities, and to be okay where there aren't. I mean, I... I almost flunked math, okay? Mm, Me too. But there you go. But look, here you are, and you're living and breathing, and you're totally fine, and I married an accountant, so I'm good, and, um, (laughs) you know, you can be successful and have a content and good life, Mm -hmm. even with some of those things that are not your strengths.
0: right. You know, and that's so interesting because, I mean, I grew up being a kid that wasn't interested in in school at all. I mean, that's the understatement of the century. Uh, Math did not come naturally to me. Uh, I married somebody also that's that's good at math, so that's a praise God, you know? there you go. God does that. (laughs) And it was just, yeah, that's right. Isn't it so interesting, though, how that formed my identity growing up? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's anecdotal, but it's just, I think that affects a lot of kids in different ways, just... I was a youth pastor the last nearly 10 years and, and, uh, seeing those youth, those teenagers, the junior high and high schoolers running ragged. I mean, it wasn't always academia. Uh, it was, sometimes it was, you know, just marching band or, or just football or just, and they had to be the best. And
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I, some of them might've put some of that pressure on themselves, but largely it was because, well, the, the pressure was immense coming Mm -hmm. from outside. And the thing is, even from parents who would never imagine that they're putting pressure on their kids. Yeah, right. well, that's
1: true right. And parents feel the anxiety really early on mm. um, as they want to get their child perhaps into preschool. Mm-hmm. The preschool requires that you know they' they're potty trained, that it and it makes sense, right? Oh, it yeah. makes sense, but nevertheless, there's that added pressure of, oh whoa, we're approaching this age. this has got to happen. Yes. And um, even just getting them into a particular preschool, well, mm-hmm. that that same thought hits all the other it areas. It adds just to keeps, <laughs> yes, keeps growing. Wow. When I was teaching third grade, my background is in education, mm-hmm. and when I was teaching third grade, um, I had a parent come into me, and she wanted her daughter in the. We had grouped them according to sort of more average mm-hmm. abilities so that we could sort of pace the tone of the class mm. and then um, we and then maybe those that you know math came a little more naturally to a little more accelerated mm-hmm. and then those that needed it a little more broken down take a little bit more time with mm. the lessons. Well her daughter was in the average group and uh-huh. she was that was a perfect spot for her. that was the right pace. They're all going to learn the same thing anyway right and she was very angry because she said when her daughter, who was in third grade, when she gets to um, middle school, she won't be in the accelerated class, and that will affect all of her classes going forward into high school, and then how is she going to get into a good college? And I was like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) this child's in third grade, and she's doing just fine. And my head almost exploded, but that is a lot of times the trajectory of what parents are thinking and they're
0: feeling they're feeling all that pressure saying i don't want to fail my child i don't want to fail so let me ask you this do you feel that a big part of your ministry is training families and how they can slow down i mean do you feel like you're having to counsel parents counsel grandparents i mean enter into those situations and say hey here's some tools on how you can slow down
1: um I do sometimes talk about the frenzied family.
0: Okay, and tell tell us about that term, the frenzied family. Just
1: you know, feeling like you've got to be involved in all these various activities to Mm -hmm. create a strong, whole child. Yes. Okay, we've got to do. We have to do youth group for your spiritual growth. You have to be in the chess club. You have to be in band and while you're at it you better play soccer too. Yes. You know, just thinking, you know, for the whole person. So you can see the the reasoning behind it. Oh, sure. But the way that plays out is insanity. Right. It's too much. Oh, it's yes. too much for everybody. So what we would do with our kids as they were growing up is they could pick um they we had four. Mm-hmm. So each of the four kids could choose one thing, kind of per season, okay. in a sense. Maybe
0: one thing at a time. Kind yeah, of and
1: yeah. we always had church on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. so that took that time. Mm-hmm. But then they could pick something else. And at one point, we let one of our girls pick. I think it was um, it was brownies and she was also involved in gymnastics which was taking quite a bit of time and church and she was starting to feel a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and so we told her she did have to pick something right and so she ended up letting go of the brownies because she decided that was more social and she could still see her friends wow whenever she wanted to see her friends right so um yes yeah, sometimes you have to make those choices and we also as a family um Once we moved here from Minnesota to Colorado, we said no activities in the summer because we are going to go back to Minnesota for the, you know, for an extended time to spend time at the family cabin. Mm -hmm. And in the winter, we really scaled their activities back so that we could go skiing as a family. Oh, wonderful. But those were hard decisions in the moment because there were pressure from coaches. Well, you need to play indoor soccer. You know, you did soccer in the fall. You want to do soccer in the spring, but you better play indoor soccer. Yes. So these are things that are actually really hard to implement.
0: Oh, I can only imagine. And, and you know, one of our core training pieces for family time is just recommending a once a time, a once a week time of family worship. Mm -hmm. You know, in our family worship activities that we produce, they're not recommended to be any longer than 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. but they're centered around a meal or at least the meal comes beforehand and no tech, you know, do a simple meal and then have a once a week, you know, activity driven fun time of, well, it's family worship together, you know, but we're advocating. So a once a week, 20 minute time of family worship. And as you can imagine, regardless of the age of children, uh, not so much with, you know, pre-K age, you know, cuz they're not quite so busy yet. But and yet, I mean, you'd be surprised or maybe you wouldn't. Um but that's always one of the biggest roadblocks for families with the idea of worshiping God together in a home in the home is well you're saying we should do this once a week. Well, we don't have time to do that. Yeah. And I mean, and they're being honest, mm-hmm. but some of them even even feel a little <laughs> attacked with it is like, well, yeah. how are we going to do that? And so it's a symptom where we're going, hey, well, in order for us to worship God together in the home, we, we really need to be willing to sacrifice some time to just put everything aside, mm-hmm. look at each other from across the table, have fun together talking about God's word. you know. And so I think it's a symptom of our, of our season. And so I'm, I'm so super thankful uh, mm-hmm. that you're investing so much time, energy, and resources into helping parents in more ways than that, but at least that being one. Of the things that you're encouraging people in but i wanted to i wanted to ask you uh, i know that you've put out a lot of resources and i know that you've put out a lot of things that really help families but what's do you have any resources or any recommendations on a resource that people could use or something that you've created or written um, that that people could take in and it would help with that process of taking down uh, the stress level of their kids, taking down the anxiety level, the performance machine of their... Are, are there any recommendations that you would have to parents out there that they need to pick up?
1: Yeah, I would say um, one of my more recently written books, The Messy Life of Parenting, Powerful and Practical Ways to Create Family Connections. Oh, wow. And I think that um, that is something that is, uh, can, can help With that, Mm -hmm. Um, for us to be to be intentional is is really important, and to figure out, um, I mean, even to create a family mission statement, um, that is actually in that book too. But how do you how do you create a family mission statement so that what you're doing actually aligns with your values? And I think if people can identify what their values are then it's a little easier to say yes and no. Right. And sometimes it's just maybe not for this season, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like a firm no. It's like it's, well, maybe later. Mm -hmm. But um, to be intentional. And I think like there's even things we can do as we're quote-unquote walking along the road, right? There you go. We can, um, in the car, play you know, play worship music and, and sing along. So yeah, we don't, we can do those things as we're living out life. Yes. um, That even fit in to driving from one practice Mm -hmm. to the next. Yep. So there are, there are things that we can do.
0: Absolutely. That's wonderful. And that's, that's great advice. And that Deuteronomy six principle of, Hey, I call it kind of like I don't know why this is, but every time I picture those as you go conversations, maybe it's the stage of life that my family's in, but I just picture the minivan on the way to the supermarket. (laughs) I don't know what, I don't know what that is, but you know, Christian radio (laughs) on or favorite worship song on or some of these awesome kids resources that have come out over the last 10 years of, uh, you know, just worshiping God together in the day to day, in the mundane, in the things that, you know, your kids are watching, our kids are watching. And so what a great opportunity to lean into, to this season, to lean into, uh, what parents are, are struggling with and what parents naturally do on a day to day basis. And so, um, let me ask you this, uh, before we take a break, what would be a piece of advice that you would give to parents of teenagers? I mean, a lot of them are back in school, you know, hundred percent at this point they're in person. Um, it's kind of all of the different stressors of COVID are out there. Yes. But a lot of them are back in school back playing games to uh, crowds of people and clubs and band performances, all these things. And man, they are just in the heat of it all. They are so busy and they don't even, they don't even feel like they have time to contemplate some of the stuff we're talking about. Would you have what's one piece of advice that you would give them today? <laughs> I
1: have to narrow it down to you, one. I know huh? <laughs> I know
0: If you could if they could have one takeaway that that parent of a teen that is just drowning, just drowning in their schedule, trying to keep up, trying to do the best, what piece of advice would you give those parents today?
1: I think that connection mm. is the biggest thing to really um focus on working on the relationship mm. because relationship is where we have our influence. and and along with relationship, I do think respect needs to be kept for in the place. Major. both ways. both
0: ways. okay. there you go.
1: both ways. I think, both need to be respectful of mm. each other because that is part of a healthy relationship. Yes. And for our teens to know that mistakes are okay mm-hmm. and um, even big mistakes, right. we can get through that. Right. And we are not perfect either, and right. we weren't perfect at that age mm-hmm. so that they feel comfortable coming to us When, and I'm going to say when, okay, Mm -hmm. not if. Right. When they make a decision or follow through on a choice that isn't God's best. Right, right. So the relationship is the place that builds that trust. Mm. And the respect is the thing that keeps the relationship at a place where, you know, we we need to have that. Oh, yes. You know, in order to continue on. Yeah, you know, because
0: you hear stories of, of kids all the time. Most of the time I hear the stories after they're grown or something, but they felt they couldn't approach their parents. Right? They felt that perfection was demanded, whether the Mm. parent meant to or not, that's something Mm. to know whether the parent meant to or not, but perfection was demanded. It's almost like grace walks out the door at that point. You know what I mean? To say, if I don't perform the way that I am feeling that I need to perform, they won't accept me or, or so on and so forth. But I'm sure your story has this, and my story has this for sure, is these big blunders, these mm-hmm. big missteps. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was given the privilege of having parents that regardless of how far I fell, they would never leave me or never shun That's me. That's good, yeah. And uh, my brother and I experienced that to the nth degree. And we're, mm-hmm. we're so blessed by that, but I know that many aren't. And so.
1: Yeah, I have a story in my book, um, Messy Journey, How Grace Mm. and Truth Offer the Prodigal a Way Home. This one young man that I call Paul Mm -hmm. in the book, but that isn't his real name. um, He shared that he felt like he really didn't know his parents, meaning he didn't know their history. He didn't know their humanness. Right. And that was a huge struggle for him. Mm -hmm. So he felt like when he, he ended up Being, um, he was an addict Mm -hmm. that was part of his story Mm -hmm. and also got very sexually promiscuous Mm -hmm. and he felt like those things partly occurred because he didn't have a relationship with his parents Mm -hmm. there wasn't that closeness there wasn't the hey i've messed up too I understand this. Let's so, talk about grace. And yeah. it just kept building shame upon shame. Mm-hmm. Well, then he had to cover his shame, couldn't live with his shame. So then mm. he's doing all these other things that are making it even worse. All these layers. Yeah. Up. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. And I'm sure so many people listening to this probably have a story like that or, or something like that. And so we want to be able to, as parents and grandparents, offer that, that real life perspective to our kids and grandkids, just to say, you will mess up, but let's talk about what grace-filled repentance looks like. And let me show you how, what that looks like in my life as a parent. Don't forget to prioritize home discipleship into your schedule for 2022. Total access from Family Time Training is your one-stop shop resource to enjoy God's word together as a family. Our online membership gives you access to 300 plus activities. Each activity is rooted in God's word and includes a hands-on learning experience. Activities are geared for kids of all ages and are fun for kids and parents. Members get exclusive perks, such as webinars, special bonus content, seasonal resources, discounts on other purchases, and a private Facebook community. Sign up today for only $9 a month at famtime.com. Lori, I wanted to ask you uh, just about your own story a little bit more. Uh, And I know, I wish we had so much more time because there's so many different rabbit trails that we can take, and man, that's my tendency. I, I unfortunately follow those rabbit trails too often, uh, but we're not going to do that today to the best of our ability. Uh, but I would love for you to just spend a few minutes talking about what your exposure was as a child or growing up to this idea of family worship. So we have this Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, the Shema idea of you know like we talked about just a few minutes ago that as you go when you when you walk along the way when you get up in the morning when you go to bed and but then there's this idea of when you sit in the house this idea of this intentional set aside time uh, plan time even uh, where people or parents or grandparents talk about jesus to those that god has given them and so uh, what was your exposure to that um, as a child were you exposed to family devotions, family worship? Uh, tell us about your experience with that whole idea.
1: I would say um, regarding specifically family devotions, growing up, uh, that was more for Advent. Okay. And we always had an Advent wreath. Okay. And on Sundays, we would read the scripture that went with the with that particular Sunday in Advent and then light the candle. Um, and we would do that throughout the Advent season, so I would say that's really when that um, direct teaching right. occurred. That
0: set aside the planned mm. time. I mean, what did that, what did that mean for you as a child? The Advent journey, you know, this Advent, you know, uh, regular tradition that you would do. I mean, you I felt it was it.
1: very special. Oh, really? Okay. Um, it wasn't. I mean, some kids might have looked at it like, "Let's just eat dinner." But I always <laughs> thought it was sort of a almost a magical time, sure. sure. Um, it was very special. That's how it felt. Yeah, and we would um, you know, Sundays, we would get up and have the the ritual of going to church together. Now, there wasn't follow-up conversation right regarding that. Um, church was always a priority. But I wouldn't say that we tied it into the next thing in the day. Okay. So there wasn't that transition of conversation. Right. Well, and, um, and
0: we talk a lot about how Christmas time can actually be a great catalyst for other seasons during the year for, you know, the same thing you're doing in Advent, you know, the set aside plan time with a some sort of a guide or some sort of a intentionality, but just like in April or in you know June or, you know, like, uh, yeah. but just that whole idea. And so we love to really lean into our Advent resources mm-hmm. at family time uh, in hopes and, and in full conversation with parents going, you know, this is wonderful and good uh, for Christmas time. Praise God that you do this. But mm-hmm. what if we did this in different parts of the year? So it's it's cool to hear that, that you had at least the Advent. I mean, a lot of people growing up, they didn't even have that. And so, yeah.
1: And, you know, I mean, I would watch my mom go to Bible studies mm -hmm. or, you know, do her study. So it was probably, um, a little less direct.
0: Right. Sure.
1: With the exception of Advent.
0: Sure. And, and that's the story we hear so much. And I, we feel like what we found, and we've seen some good studies on this, that most parents in the church have an awareness that they're Called to do this, that mm-hmm. they're called to be intentional with their kids when mm-hmm. it comes to teaching about who God is, what He's done, and what we're supposed to do with that based on God's word. And so, but so they know that they're supposed to do something, but they're going, where do I, where do I start? What do yeah. I? And so that's that's one of the things that we're passionate about at family time is saying uh, we don't have all the answers and we're not experts, but man, we love to kind of give you some ideas of how you could start, you know?
1: Oh, I know. You know, I wish I had known about family time when mm-hmm. my kids were little, Yeah. because I love the practical hands-on things that you guys have. And even like that, um, sort of that living nativity where they travel, the child travels around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, now, you know, Mary and Joseph are in Nazareth where, you know, where are the, um, the shepherds right now? And I, I don't know i just think that's phenomenal oh yeah and i i wish that we had implemented those things well
0: and i'll tell you for me um my, my parents are both believers they love the lord um they didn't ever have anybody training them in anything like what we're talking about and so it was you know it's a generational thing too i think the uh the boomer generation is mm-hmm. the kids call um it didn't have a lot of these hands-on family ministry tools and we hear that so much and just recently. I was in Alabama at the Legacy Coalition, Mm. the Legacy Summit, uh, just filled with grandparents, just wonderful, uh, wonderful senior adults. I mean, so many cool stories. But also, I mean, the thing that we heard over and over and over again was, I wish, just like you said, Mm -hmm. I wish I would have had this. I wish. And so what they did, if you're a grandparent listening to this and they say, I'm going to get this for my grand, I'm going to get this for my kids and my grandkids, when they'll take it. I mean, but we hear that that story Mm -hmm. all the time. But my parents, like I started to say, um, they didn't have any training and do anything like that, but we had some great Christmas traditions. And just like you were saying, I mean, for me as a kid, and I believe for my brother as well, it was, like you said, just a, it felt like a magical time. Yeah. I mean, we would go to my grandparents' house and and there would be undoubtedly uh, carols sung. There mm-hmm. would be, uh, you know, the, the nativity story read from scripture in some way, shape or form. My wife had experiences... Uh, with that as well. But um, but me, I, I didn't even know what the word Advent was growing mm, up. I, in my okay. denomination when I grew up, that was just, I, I think my denomination was a little scared of that word. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> now what are we talking about here? You uh-huh. know, but just to learn that it's just a guide, it's just a guide to point you back to God's word to say, let's think about these things. Let's prepare our hearts for Christmas. Let's, for Lent, let's prepare our hearts for Easter. And and so in my denomination, we didn't really talk about that so that much. So the first time that I tried a family time Advent guide a few weeks ago, or a few, sorry, a few years ago with my family, it was just so much fun. Yeah. It was so much, so much fun and, and so special for me as a dad to just as a symbol, just light the candle once yeah. a week and do our little games, do our little, you know, our little Advent calendar and the countdowns and all these things. I had never seen anything like that.
1: Oh, and it. Th- the beautiful thing is, you touch on certain theological oh, yeah. concepts mm-hmm. and and show how how to live those out, or mm. what what they mean by either acting something out or having some sort of a demonstration. Right. That is so powerful. Mm. But I do want to encourage the parents that are saying, "Oh, I wished I'd had that." Okay, yes. I mean, look at Frank. Right mm. <laughs> here, you are. You've got a strong faith, mm. God was chasing you
0: yes merciful to me and
1: um so the lord can make up time in the air but how nice if we can actually lay that foundation when our kids are growing up and family time has so many amazing resources to do that
0: well and i think just like you said at the beginning with these senior adult parents or maybe even they're not even at that stage yet they may have an older teen or what but they are so discouraged because of what we mentioned about the Proverbs twenty two six idea of going. Some of them almost have a uh, a temperament that's like, well, why even try?
1: Right, and it's never too late. And also, just speaking to that Proverbs verse, yes, um, we know that that is a wise saying. That's right, and and it isn't a promise. That's right, and uh, but what. What we also know, it is the Lord's heart, the Lord's will, to draw each one of us, including our kids, including our prodigals, to Himself. Oh man! So out. that is His will mm. and His heart. Um, I love that. Jesus's mission, right? Mm-hmm. So that all lines up. Yes. And when we can line up with the Lord and His will, that's really powerful. Wow but also to know that God's heart is still in that, Mm. even if we've messed up.
0: Right, he is not done with you or your kids. Right, I love that phrase, it is never too late. It's never too late. Today, I've heard some wonderful stories Oh man, we could talk for so long about these things. <laughs> it's just great, great to hear your heart for the Lord, your heart for families, your heart for grandparents, your heart for parents. I mean, it's just, it's just so encouraging. And that leads me to kind of our our, our last piece of our conversation today, which is this. I mean, uh, so much of what we hear and see on the news and and just uh, around the water cooler, I mean, just is just negativity, and rightly so, because a lot of a lot of bad things are happening. I mean, we, we don't take those for granted. Um, at all. And so not to take away from the fact that it's a very difficult season for so many millions of people. And yet we know that God's at work. We know that Jesus is on his throne. So I wanted to ask you, what's something that gets you excited about the next generation of parents coming up? Like what's something that you see that gives you hope uh, for the next generation of parents uh, looking to teach their kids about God and forming those relationships with their kids? What's what's something that excites you, gives you hope about the
1: next generation of parents? Well, even though COVID's been really hard, yes, and our kids are growing up in a hard world, this yes. is true. There's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of um, dissension. There's not just disagreement, but even separation from, you know, mm-hmm. People, um, they are growing up in a hard world. But prior to COVID, I would say, most parents would say, I just want my kids to be happy. Mm. Now that we've all experienced 18 months or so of this challenging time, we realize that that's not reality. Right. And, And that wish is not only shallow but it's not realistic right and that is something that i think people really have a firm grasp on now that our kids will experience grief Mm. they will experience fear Mm. they will experience anger and they will experience happiness and joy sure so they're not going to live a fourth of a life of just happy 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 yes (laughs) so the wonderful thing hmm. is that what has come out of this is parents have a little more realistic expectations. Okay. Um, you know, Jesus tells us in this world you will have trouble, trouble. Hmm. but take heart. Hmm. I have overcome the world. Oh, wow. Those things go together. Mm-hmm. So in this world, our kids are going to have trouble. That's the reality. Jesus is telling it like it is. And now we really believe it. Now
0: (laughs) we We see it, we believe it, (laughs) right? We don't, we not only see it in our own families, we see it all around us.
1: Yes, and Jesus can come alongside us. I mean, Emmanuel, right? Mm. God with us, He is with us in the grief, He is with us in the fear, He is with us when we feel angry, He's with us when we feel happy, right? So, what I feel like is really encouraging right now is that families aren't having this persona of always having to be happy, happy, happy. Yes. They're actually dealing with real stuff. Okay. And I think that's really important that they can deal with the real. And they also are able to recognize that they can't do this alone, okay. that they need help. They need help from Friends, other family members, their kids need help, help mm-hmm. from them. And also, in that, they also realize a dependence upon the Lord. Okay. So, that's what I think provides a lot of hope right now mm. is that families understand that they are not their own little island. Right. And their kids not to raise their kids to be independent, but to be inter, not co, I hear you. but interdependent, mm-hmm. connected, connected to other family members and dependent upon the Lord. And right. I think that is the beautiful thing that is starting to occur now. Yeah. The, real, the reality that in this world you will have trouble, mm-hmm. but take heart. Right. I have overcome the world.
0: It's like a mentor once told me, he said, Frank, don't don't keep praying that just nothing bad will happen because you know God promised you that bad things would happen. But be he told me, he said, pray that God would make you more aware of his presence during this trouble, during the bad thing, because he promised to never leave you or forsake you. And that, that helped me. Now I still don't want bad things to happen, right? No, <laughs> but it helped me as an individual and, and as a dad uh, to go, you know what? Bad things will happen. Yeah, and, and
1: Scripture tells us hmm. when we suffer, the Lord is near. Wow. He makes Himself very present if we open our eyes. Wow. So, um, yeah. That's I,
0: what a wonderful answer. I mean, that what a wonderful just way to say it, it. Wouldn't be something that somebody would expect, you know? Hey, I see parents doing all these great things. They're knocking it out of the park, but it's really. A more deep rooted heart issue of going, parents are not okay, or they they feel like um, they've been released maybe from the maybe social media perfection yes. that they see. Yes,
1: that's the word, right? Social yeah. media perfection
0: of going. I've got. We have got to be joyful, uh, like in a fake way. We've got to. We cannot show our flaws. We cannot show. But then you, you lean into it and you go, there's no escaping it at this point. <laughs> it's like <That's> right. <laughs> it's it's everywhere. And so when we go to a training like with family time and we're talking to parents and grandparents, they always when we begin, you can always tell they're a little, you know, they're you know, they give us some distance. They say, No, this is for someone else. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Jen and I, or any one of our trainers, what we like to do is break up that that mystery, break up that uh, misconception about this whole thing that we're talking about, and go, hey. We we work for family time training. We we believe in this with all our heart, man. We love it. We've been called to it. And man, we mess up all the time. And you are you're gonna do it too. And yeah. so and so it's and we <laughs> and can, it's okay. It's all right. And, and sometimes it's, okay. it's sometimes it's funny. I mean, yeah. like some of the blunders, some of the bloopers when you're trying to do family time or trying to do anything of what we've talked about today, is yeah. it's just we're real people, and uh, we're a Genesis 3 sin-filled world, sin-filled bodies, so we're, we're going to mess up, but what a wonderful grace that we have and who our leader is, who our founder and perfecter is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, well, Lori, as I said, I wish we could just sit here and talk all day about just all that God's doing in your ministries and the, the, the things that you've put out. Where can people find more information about your ministry?
1: Uh, probably my website is probably the best place okay. to go. Um, that has resources on it. Um, I have a a blog or a newsletter that I write occasionally. Okay. I used to be every week, sure. um, but I just finished my book, uh, Messy Hope, okay. Help Your Child Overcome Anxiety, Depression, or Suicidal Ideation. And that took a lot of time to write, so the oh, sure. blog sort of sat on the sidelines. Uh, but to go to my website... Lori L O R I Wildenberg, W I L D E N B E R G com. Lori Wildenberg.com and you can find me there. Of course, I'm all over social media. Okay, good. So you can find me on Instagram at Lori Wildenberg or also mom's together. Um, that's a ministry that I do on Instagram and social media. Wonderful. Um, on Facebook. So uh also on Facebook, uh Lori Wildenberg, or Lori Apple Wildenberg, or Moms Together, and okay. Moms Together also has a Moms Together group, which is highly interactive. Okay. Where we focus on families and faith.
0: Okay, wonderful. And we'll be sure to put those links in the in the show notes uh, whenever this is put out, and and because we want people to go to these resources. And and so if you're listening today, and and you've resonated with anything that we've talked about, and know that we're praying for you. Know that we're uh, praying for your family. Even if we don't know you, we're excited for what God could do in your home and in the lives of your kids and your grandkids. And just like Lori said, God's not done with your family. God's not done with your kids. There's so much hope based on not who we are, but on who God is. And so thank you for listening to the Fam Time podcast today. We hope it's been a blessing for you. We cannot wait to see you next time. And thank you once again, Lori, for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Frank. Thanks for having me.
0: You've been listening to the FAMTIME podcast. We hope you subscribe, leave us a review, and share the show with your friends. For more information about family time training, visit us online at famtime.com.